All right. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Truman Middle College podcast. Um, I have been sick, so I have this weird voice. I was telling our guests today that I sound like I should be an overnight smooth jazz DJ. Um, so just bear with me. And I have a very special guest. I'm really, I was really, really looking forward to talking to the student today. And I'll let her introduce herself right now. Hello. My name is Sierra. Um, and Sierra, just what else do we maybe need to know about your background before we dive in? Um, I have been to Truman Middle College before, three years ago. Um, very uh, talkative, open-spoken person. So if you guys ever see me in the hallway, just talk to me. I would say that you're also always in a really, really upbeat mood oh yeah you're not you're never like down I try my best to stay as happy as possible and then what were you saying today that before you maybe weren't as open about maybe your life or your experiences when you were younger but that changed because you're about to be somewhat open about what we're about to talk yeah about. so go ahead and explain what you're um, saying so like I've been through like a lot of things uh growing up in my uh adolescence I could say, um, and I never really talked about it to like my friends or to other family members because I would be like embarrassed or like scared because, uh, especially with friends, because all the other people that I've been around haven't really gone through the same situations that I have been in, but like now as I'm like older, I like really like don't care now because you know I'm you know older, more mature, and like. You know, nobody can really judge me for what I'm going through or who I am. Now, do you think that's just a product of getting older? Like anybody can sort of look forward to sort of feeling more independent minded about yourself? Or was it something that happened to you in your life? Uh, I could say it was definitely something that happened to me in my life. Um, I really needed some help. So I got the courage to reach out to somebody and then eventually I got the help and I saw that it was easier to talk about my problems rather than holding it in because it's not only good for me mentally it's also a better outcome of maybe somebody can help me with my problem and your our topic today which you suggested which is as important as any topic gets is mental health yes and uh, were you reaching out for mental health support when you were saying? Yeah, um, I haven't really gotten like the full mental health just yet. But if there was like a tragic or like really stressful moment in my life, I would just try to talk it out to anybody mm -hmm. as much as possible. So it doesn't like bear weight on my shoulders. Very well said. I can't, I mean, you're in my creative writing class. I can't yeah. <laughs> stop thinking that creative writing is another way to get things off your shoulders Definitely. too, right? I like how you said it. So you said, why don't we talk about mental health? Because you suggested that mental health isn't talked about enough. Yeah, because I know like a lot of people have mental issues, then that causes them to like stop doing their work during school and it's, it's affecting them and they don't really know and don't really know who to reach out to. So... I would like to, you know, talk about it because, you know, there's you're not alone in mm. the situation mm -hmm. because everybody has their issues. And do you think this is sort of a society-wide problem? Do you feel like if you could speak to teenagers everywhere, you would want them to hear this message? Oh, yeah, because 
I, I even while I'm growing up and I've had like my little episodes of things going on, my my parent, which is you know the main person I try to talk to about my problems, will always be like, "Well, you shouldn't be like this because you have a roof over your head and clothes on your back. Why are you, why are you sad all the time? You mm-hmm. shouldn't be." And it's like I have things going on that like I didn't even tell you about mm-hmm. that I've been told other people, and it's still like eating me alive mm-hmm. so yeah um so you it's it sounds like you were sort of suggesting you know if someone says you shouldn't have problems because you have a roof over your head but we could maybe imagine mental health struggles hitting any person of any culture of any socioeconomic level yeah so that well if you've got x y and z isn't quite getting to the problem yet or being sensitive to the problem yeah uh I think when you say you have these materialistic items that you shouldn't be sad um, is very, um, I don't know the word, but, you know, there's rich people who have all the money in the world. They have these big house and people helping them, and they're still depressed, and some of them do things far worse mm-hmm. than, you know, like what we're doing now. Like I know there's some people who instead of, you know, just being sad, they they do some things so they can feel better. Right. And I say, you know, as long as it's nothing super harmful, that it's okay to, you know, do some of the things to take a little bit of the stress off because if you don't have anybody to talk to or you don't want to talk to anybody, then like that's okay. Okay. Um, do you feel like there is a, a sort of specific mental health issue that most adolescents are facing? Is it like you see pervasive depression or is it anxiety or is there something you might put a name on that you think is the biggest struggle? I would say it's definitely depression and anxiety. You know, you're, you're, you're sad because you have a whole lot of stress because around our age, you're becoming an adult and Mm -hmm. you have to be more independent from Mm -hmm. your parents so not only do you have to finish school right if you don't have your driver's license you have to do that that adds on school you have to find an apartment if you're ready to move out that adds on top of going to work and going to school plus having to finish school while doing everything in a timely manner not only adding clubs and you know, uh, sports teams that some people are on, it adds on a lot. And then with anxiety, it's, oh, am I going to finish this on time? Will I get to school on time even though the bus is late? You know, those like small little things Mm -hmm. that when they add onto each other can make you blow up. Do you think that schools should be doing something different so that this kind of anxiety or pressure doesn't build? Or is it like, hey, every, you know, this is just going to happen no matter what? I feel like school should take a more do-it-at-your-own-pace type of thing. Um, Because some people like to take their time doing work, and some people like to do it fast and get it done. Mm -hmm. And I feel like some teachers shouldn't take their job too seriously to where they're like, hey, pay attention to me. Because some people can't pay attention, especially if it's, like, really boring 
they can't. Why you know, there are no boring teachers? There's at all no in boring the world. teachers. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> but you know, like if the <laughs> lesson is a little, you know, lacking, because mm-hmm. like in elementary school they had like videos, like you know, magic school bus. But now it's just like, here's your work, do it. So is are you saying some of the stress has to do with deadlines and time frames? So something is due at this certain point. People are working at different paces, so it might be stressing some people out who aren't working at the correct pace. Yeah, because there's some people who, you know, likes to work a little slower. Mm-hmm. So if the deadline is like in a week, some people procrastinate to the last moment. Mm-hmm. And do all their work then. Or there's some people who don't come to school, they're sick, or they have like, you know, something important going on. And they're like, oh, I have to miss this day now, which is an important day during like, you know, a project week. So maybe more flexibility with deadlines and pacing might alleviate some of the anxiety that builds up when you're a student. Yeah, just as long, like in college, they have it where your stuff is due at the end of the semester. So I think instead of it having like a week or like a day deadline, it should be like a college where it's due at the end of semester so people can, you know, feel more uh, stress-free about the work and be like, oh, I have a time because I have a couple of months to get it over with. All right. And? So I think there should also be a longer lunch. Um, When I was here like three years ago, the lunch was 45. And even then, that's not really long enough. I think the lunches should be about an hour as well as like a free period. Because like some of us, we go to like work. Sometimes we work late and then we come back to school in the morning and we're tired. I sometimes fall asleep in like my third period class because I'm so tired from school and work that I think we should have that third period, like, um, I mean, that extra period to kind of, like, just relax as long as it abide by the rules. And I would just add that I think, I know we're talking about our school specifically, but mm-hmm. I think this this is kind of an American thing we're talking about. I think there's yeah. a lot of people that feel there isn't. I was, I, so Finland is one of the countries that's famous for doing education really, really well. So everyone like looks to Finland, Singapore, South Korea. Yeah. There's just like a couple countries that do it really well. So I had a friend who studied the education system in Finland, lived there. And she said, it's something like, I might not have this exactly correct, but it's something like there's a law for every hour that is taught, 15 minutes of that hour must be free time for the students. And then she said at the schools, there'd be places where there'd be like ping pong tables set up, et cetera. So the kind of things you were talking about where we can just kind of take a break and hang yeah. out. I mean, the one interesting thing I've noticed about TMC is it's it's a school. All the education is happening, grades, all that kind of stuff. But I kind of feel like it's also a place where people can have a community because sometimes it's hard to have a community. Sometimes kids are on social media all the time, which I wouldn't say is a real community. Or you just came through COVID where there was no face-to-face community. So I think one of the best parts is, I mean, I love it when, you know, two kids who didn't know each other from two different neighborhoods are now friends in front of me. It's just like kind of communities happening in front of me. So it seems like really valuable things. Um, All right. So you said depression you think is one of maybe the more pervasive um, disorders that maybe teens face. How might someone 
know that maybe one of their friends are depressed who's not saying it? Are there signs that you feel we can pick up on? It's kind of hard to look for signs because sometimes people hide their emotions being, you know, right. a funny, laugh, always happy kind of person because that's how I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say if your friend kind of like distanced themselves for a couple of hours or like they um, be like, oh, don't mind my room because there's some days where like, you know, I didn't clean my room for like weeks at one point. And you feel that was a result, that was a, ref- that was a symptom of the depression. Yeah. Because I would just like randomly get sad for no reason mm-hmm. and don't want to do anything. So like I would say just, I, would, I, I always say even if your friends are not, you know, don't have a mental, you know, their mental health is well, to always check up on them because Anything can happen to them, no matter what the situation is. Um, and was there a period of time when you were struggling with what you would call was your own depression, but you were, what, pretending to be happy and talkative? Oh, yeah. Um, especially during high school. I was going through a lot of things, right? I was going through a lot of things, you know, with my family and housing situations that I was sad at home. But when I was at school or hanging with my friends, I was like a happy person because I didn't want anybody to know that what I was going through was, you know, what I was going through, I was really sad. Now, would you say you were literally pretending? You were, say, putting on an act? Yeah. So they say there's few things more exhausting than not being your authentic self. At some point, didn't that really start to wear on you? Oh, yeah. I would be like, I, I, there was one point where I haven't been myself for like almost a year. Due to my depression. You mean you were fake? You felt like you had been faking it yeah. for a whole year. Yeah. So when when can you finally either be yourself, or what kind of changed when you had this year long depression? I would say I had to like really look into myself, mm-hmm. and I had to do some like deep meditating and very long journaling and like even like voice memos of what I was going through Mm -hmm. to really get everything out. And that's when I'm like, you know, I was at peace. How did you know that journaling or something like that would help so much? Did you just sense it or did you like see somewhere like, here's a really good thing to manage depression? I looked it up that they, when I was like, I need to get my emotions out without having to speak to someone mm-hmm. because at that point I wasn't ready to speak about it yet. Mm-hmm. And they say to start journaling. And then I went to Dollar Tree and I bought me some notebooks and I even bought voice memos when my mom would leave for work. And I would sometimes even scream in my voice memos mm-hmm. or just like talk about my day and what I went through. And that really helped. That is so resourceful. Yeah. Then was there, when was the time when you were ready to talk about your depression and who was it with? Um, I would say about two years ago. Okay. And I talked about it with my mom. We were like arguing with each other and I, uh, she kicked me out one time, uh, but not really. And I was telling her about how, you know, how depressed I was and you know, all the stuff she was putting on me, plus my my own stuff going on. I really, like, I told her, like, everything. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, like, just all spilled out. 
And then we sat down and we really talked after the the, the yelling and the crying. Mm-hmm. After after that, she she was like, "I will listen to you more because I really didn't know what was going on with you." So to your credit, it took a lot of bravery to yeah. let it all out, and it sounded like it was the time you were ready to do it. You needed to do it. And things changed after that? Yeah, uh, things definitely have gotten better after that. I feel more open now to not only talk to my mom about my issues, mm-hmm. but to everybody. Because when I didn't talk about it, it felt like I was hiding, like like I had secrets. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a secret. It was just I wasn't, at the time, wasn't ready to tell anybody. But now I could just tell anybody everything they want to know. Maybe on a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say, I think most teachers go into teaching because they are interested in younger people, want to help younger people, want to be in relationships. So I would like to say, would hope to say anybody who's going through a similar experience, you can talk to people who you work with. I'm sorry, people you uh, at the school where you go. Yeah. Um, have you ever, did you ever see a therapist, someone who specializes in some of these things? Not yet. I've been trying to find a cheaper way to uh, find a therapist, but I've just been journaling. Okay. I mean, it's great. It's yeah. probably cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> Though, not to get too political, but we can imagine a maybe smarter or more thoughtful society that makes sure everyone can get mental health therapy if they need it, independent of whether they have the money to pay for it. or Definitely. But that's some other country. So you haven't had, again, because America sometimes isn't the most supportive place, um, you haven't had a therapist yet, but do you feel like you have maybe self-diagnosed yourself? Like, say, I know I had a a sort of official depressive episode or I suffer from these things. Again, you had to do it sort of on your own, but do you kind of feel like you've been able to put some, in a good way, put some labels on yourself? Or what you've been through, rather, not that it uh, defines you. I think I have, um, just because when I was like, had those sudden bursts of sadness for no reason mm-hmm. when like nothing was going on. Mm-hmm. I would like look it up like randomly, like why am I sad? Because I had nothing to be sad about when everything at my life at that point was just going well. Right. But in the past from stuff I didn't bring up was probably just like tearing my body down. Mm-hmm. So I would just look it up and they'll be like, Oh, that's a sign of depression. Mm-hmm. And I did like I even did like a self assessment test for an emotional support animal. Okay. And I got approved. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. You never got one. But <laughs> never you got, got it. But I did get approved for an animal, so that could really explain a lot. <laughs> Do you know which animal you would want? A dog. Um, and would you want the dog to be with, I remember I've seen people with, um, is it called emotional support animals? Yeah. And like, like in class, they're with them a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Like the guy, I remember in college guy would just be sitting down at the lecture and his dog would be sitting on his lap. Um, and it's supposed to do amazing things for stress and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I mean, I wouldn't mind if, if I was like super stressed out about something in school, like a test or something, I would bring them around. But if it's just like a regular school day, I don't want to like, you know, 
stress the dog out too much. First of all, everybody's gonna want to pet it. Yeah, and that'll be like a and that'll be kind of like an issue because I don't want to stress the dog out too right. much that the dog <laughs> needs a some emotional I was just support gonna say, animal. The emotional animal needs an emotional <laughs> yeah. support animal. So I would just only bring when it's like a dire situation. Um, and just going back to you said you looked up depression. I think that's one of the indicators of what might be you know, kind of like a mental health issue is that you're feeling depressed for no reason. Yeah. I mean, I think most of modern science would say that people who struggle with depression, it is just a chemical imbalance or misfiring in the brain. And if that's the case, that would have nothing to do with hap- what's happening in your life. You know, yeah. like a diabetic <laughs> doesn't make insulin no matter what's happening in their life. So yeah. I think that's, I think that's supporting the, this is a physiological thing that happens to yeah. people. Um, <clears throat> what, what is a good, if someone says I'm depressed, you said journaling, are there other things that you think, I, I think journaling would universally help. I don't think yeah. that's person specific. I know we're plugging creative writing all the time. Yeah. Are there any other things that you think, uni- you know, somebody's like, I like windsurfing and then they would windsurf to feel better, yeah. but that's not really universal. Are there other things? Is it music? Is it? It's definitely music. Every time I'm, I'm like, I, I, I try not to listen to sad music when I'm sad because that just makes it worse. Mm-hmm. But somehow sad music helps a little bit because it's conveying your emotion. Sure. I would say even like taking a brisk walk outside just mm-hmm. to get the wind in your face mm-hmm. to like calm down so you don't, you know, it, like look at the nature. I would even say... Uh, even like something as small as just like talking to your friends, mm-hmm. you don't have to tell them what's going on, but just be like, hey, how are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. To let them, you know, it's just the little things. It can even be something as simple as drawing. Sure. People don't know. I don't know how to draw, but I draw. I I even get like a coloring book and color when it's one of those days. You have so many healthy habits for yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, you know, for all of those moments when you decide to draw, you decide to journal, you decide to use the voice memos. Another person is, you know, drinking more, doing this yeah. drug to manage it. All of your management strategies are so healthy. Yeah. Some uh, of them. <laughs> <laughs> is, since you know so much about this, or you're so sensitive to these issues. Have you ever thought about being some kind of counselor or therapist yourself? I have thought about it. Like, actually, earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Not even earlier this week. Earlier today, when I was in Miss Roche's class, and we were having our little circle talk, and she asked us what's something we want to do. Mm-hmm. In my head, like, I hear my own voice. Mm-hmm. I was like, I could be, like, a therapist. Somebody people could talk to. Because I like to listen to people's problems, and I try my best to help with a resolution. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you are interested in doing it, just do it. Yeah. There's not, the classes are there. Your ambition is there. Your interest is there. Your sensitivity to these issues is there. It's just a matter if you want to do it, do it. Yeah. I, I'm going to... It's tricky. When you're depressed, sometimes you don't want to be in interaction with people. Yeah. But I think you're the type of person that likes or when you're not in a serious depressive state, likes to be face-to-face interaction, communicating. And it's a job that's based on that. Yeah. Therapy is based on that. How, this might be too personal. Okay. (laughs) For the Sierra that people know this year. Yeah. Have, when I said before that you were always sort of, you know, really, really upbeat, were those authentic good moods or was there any of the... 
you know, sometimes I fake a good mood to cover up. Those are definitely authentic moods. I have been way more happier this year than I have ever been in the past, like, I want to say like three to four years. Um, Right now in my life, there's nothing that could change how happy I am about the things that are going on right now. Wow. My goodness. I feel like every teacher wants to hear every one of their students say that. <laughs> yeah. And things are going so well, and the reasons would be maybe all of the stuff that you suggested. Oh, yeah. You started these almost therapeutic, therapeutic activities like writing, painting, voice memos. Um, you started to talk to people about it, including that long good talk with your mother. Yeah. Uh, you check, you get information online. It, is it the accumulation of all of those things that have made things go really well? Yeah. Once I... Um you know, did everything for myself, made sure that I was good, because I always have to put myself first. Once that happened, it felt like everything, like literally everything came off of my shoulders. Mm -hmm. All the boulders and all the heavy rocks were gone. Wow. I'm going to use you as just my PR for creative writing. (laughs) Um, That's great. That's amazing. If this is so important and mm-hmm. I'm, it's so great that, you know, this podcast can be out there because anybody can be helped by whatever you've been saying, everything you've been saying, um, is there, not just at schools, is there a mm-hmm. way you want like the whole country to talk about it? Is it like, hey, everybody read pamphlets or is it, hey, everybody don't be afraid of talking about it or, hey, everybody, it's okay to start using the names of mental health disorders like depression. What is it? What, what can we all be doing? I think we could all just be talking about it because you don't really see people talking about it till somebody actually hit their breaking point and do something outlandish and now they're poking and making fun at the person. Like we shouldn't be doing that with people with mental health issues. We should be helping them before the problem starts. Got you. And if if they hear about mental health issues, Mm -hmm. they might be more likely to talk about it than... So I was actually, I was thinking about this when I was your age, Mm -hmm. nobody talked about mental health issues. Nobody had diagnoses. If you saw a therapist, it was very private and you wouldn't tell anyone. And there was just a stigma around the whole thing. So the fact that we're having this discussion, the things that you've talked about, I think shows that, I mean, I was, I was your age, like whatever, 30 or 40 years (laughs) ago, but I think that there is some progress that has been made. I think people are more open about it. I think... People share that they have a therapist. I don't think there's the same stigma. No. But you did you just say like sometimes people might make fun of other people? Is there yeah. still some of it lingering around? Um, a little. Um, not really like as bad. I could say not as bad as it was, but like if somebody like like for example, Britney Spears had like a mental illness so bad that she shaved her head and people were poking fun at her. Gotcha. Same thing with like Kanye West. He has his stuff going on. And when he does something, people are poking their fingers at him and be like, oh, ha ha, that's funny. But nobody tried to help him or helped Brittany with their mental um, health issues Mm -hmm. to better themselves before they had that breaking point of just being like, oh, I don't care about anything, even myself. So that's really interesting. Like, so the Kanye West stuff happened kind of recently where yeah. he seemed to talk about Nazis, da, da, da. So as soon as he does that, everyone just starts piling on. You're terrible. Cancel him. He's a Nazi. But when you see what's happening to Kanye, you're just thinking he is having a mental health issue. He's at some sort of breaking point. 
your first thought is how do we maybe care for this person as opposed to how can we make fun of Britney Spears with a shaved head? How can we make, I don't, you know, it might just be celebrities. Everyone's ready to tear down celebrities. Yeah. But I mean, it is a, celebrities are kind of like, we all sort of share celebrities as if we were in a big Hollywood community or whatever. So you're right. That's really interesting. Cause I think just hating on Kanye is the first thing everybody does, but you would, it sounds like you're saying if somebody acts like that, they're having some sort of mental break. Yeah. Somehow. Cause everybody has that like one manic episode after being like so depressed or not even like just depression because there's more like, mental health issues than than just that one part of depression like like mm-hmm. BPD and schizophrenia some people you know there's there's more on the spectrum but if we did talk about it more then people would be more comfortable in being their actual selves did you learn about all this on your own yeah i did you just listed you know like beep be, it's behavior what is that bp borderline. something borderline personality disorder there we go <laughs> Wow, I mean, you already have your degree in this. Yeah. But it sounds like you're learning a lot. This is, I'm usually anti all technology as yeah. I sit here at a microphone with a computer screen in front of me making a podcast. Um, but this is an argument. It sounds like you learned a lot and were helped by suggestions you found online. This is good use of the internet. Yeah, You've definitely. learned valuable things. It's not in some part of the internet where everyone's lying and making yeah. things up. Um, sounds like you've... And I, I would assume people can find support for oh, issues, definitely. right? There's some chat room somewhere for people struggling with something. Definitely. Um, I have found help also through Discord servers. I found online of people who are like in all different parts of the world who would like sit and listen to you. Really? <laughs> like talk, have like little venting areas to just- And it's not, vent. you're not typing, you're actually talking. It's yeah. like a, zo- a big Zoom or something, Well, it's like right? both. Wow. So that really helps. Um, I didn't suggest this earlier, but having like your own little private vlog, like blog, right. blogger little page. right. And what was it? You said they're discourse servers? Yeah. So it's kind of like a chat room mm-hmm. where you just like talk. Because mm-hmm. I've met people like online mm-hmm. that I've also talked to about my issues. Mm-hmm. And then they talk to me about theirs. So that's, you know, if you can't talk to them like somebody in person, just do it online. Oh, no. What's going to happen if you're going to make a good defense of the internet, which is <laughs> basically a lifelong uh, campaign against? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do think... The best, the best argument for the internet I've heard is like, let's say there's um, uh, someone who is, say, struggling with their, not struggling with their sexuality, but they're recognizing that they don't have a heteronormative sexuality, mm-hmm. but they're in, say, a very homophobic small town in, oh. uh, usually in Texas or something, right? And they have no one to reach out to, no one to feel comfortable with, no one to share with. They can get online and find a whole community. And prior yeah. to the internet, they were just stuck in that homophobic town. Yeah. Right? The internet is great for that. It's great for that. And then terrible for everything else. Yeah. Um, Before we wrap up, um, maybe just say a message to your other students or maybe anybody else who's an adolescent, um, how maybe just how to keep themselves healthy. Uh, I first want to say that you are never alone. If you think the problems you're going through, uh, you are too strong for you to handle yourself. 
there's always somebody literally around the corner who will help you and listen to your issues. And I would say just stick to your plan, put yourself first, and if you are too stressed out, just, you know, breathing, breathing methods, listen to your music, draw, write, whatever you feel like doing, just do it. How much of this, I know we're bringing a whole other topic, how much <laughs> of this is people putting pressure on themselves? Like, I feel like at some points in my career, I just want to mm-hmm. tell my students, like, just get bees. Just yeah. relax, have more fun, get bees. It's not worth it. Yeah. So I wonder if it's, you know, give yourself a break. You don't have to do X, Y, and Z. You know, like, good enough, you know, you don't have to be perfect. Good enough is good enough or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Sometimes it is because you want to be at, sometimes you want to be at your best that you, like, beat yourself up. Well said, right. But don't do that. If you need to get a B, get a B. Very well said. And just to wrap up, and also to give a plug, this is TMC. TMC has a literary magazine called Voices of TMC. Four volumes are out. Fifth volume will come out soon enough. And Sierra has a dialogue with herself. You were talking to a... You are writing a dialogue where if you could talk to your younger self yeah, in which you were talking about some of your struggles and you just said one of the things to remember if you're struggling is that you're never alone. Yeah. And I think when you write a piece like that and you have no idea who's going to pick up that magazine because it's all over the place, all over the school, someone picks it up, reads your struggles, they've gone through the same struggles and all of a sudden they don't feel as alone and that's the power of creative writing but that's also the power of what happens when you either put that in writing or when you either share it on a podcast like this yeah so thank you for your knowledge wisdom bravery potentially if you go into this field in the future thank you for all the people you're going to help thank you and of course we can do this again you can figure out your next topic of course we can talk just about emotion what are they called emotional support animals yeah (laughs) just an emotional support animals well i'm trying to think if it wasn't a dog, what would it be? A cat. Oh, wow. You didn't have to think about that No. Do people have, like, emotional support ferrets? This one girl at my friend's college has an emotional support bunny. Okay. I can see that. I'm trying to think <laughs> of an animal that seems like they'd provide no... Like a lizard. Like, is a lizard supporting somebody? Does you want to pet something furry and soft to feel supported? Yeah, but something scaly... I don't think eh, so. You know, it takes all kinds out there. A dog first, a cat second, a bunny. Oh, the bunny must be pooping everywhere. Yeah. That's what bunnies do. Hey, if we can't wrap up a podcast on a poop note, then not. <laughs> then I don't want to be in podcasting. Sierra, thank you so much. This was really, really wonderful. Anyone who's listened to this uh, will be enlightened and helped. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next time.